All right, all right. Welcome back. Episode 4, December 17th, 2017. CO and the Doctor. What's up, Brock? Yo, what's up, man? Happy Sunday, folks. How's everybody? Uh, you know, it's another Sunday. Uh, I like to, uh, for the first time ever, put our first guest on the show, Mr. Dwayne Gandy. What's up, fam? Hello, hello. Slow motion. Yes, sir. So it's a couple weeks, a uh, couple weeks overdue. We were trying to do this a couple weeks ago, but we understand life, life happens. So I uh, appreciate you being on the show, bro. I appreciate the invite. All right. So uh, like always, we're going to start our little flash five. So let's let's jump into that real quick. So I'd like to shout out uh, Mr. Marcus Simmons and uh, Miss Ashley Carter uh, for for giving me some enlightenment on something. So you guys probably heard this before, but last week when I was talking about um you know, make sure you're being upfront with the person that you're trying to meet, um, putting that old person to rest. Um, they kind of summed that up for me and, uh, you know, told me to think about it as a, you know, let's let's lead a representative at home. Right. So when I say that, you know, I think we all introduce ourselves, you know, with a representative in mind because that person is going to speak for us the best. They're going to tell that other person all the good about us and kind of leave the bad out. But uh, I think as relationships grow, you know, we start to realize that there's more to that person that the representatives didn't tell us about and now that representative is nowhere to be found so uh just kind of tying that in what we talked about last week i don't want to go too far in that just remember you know if you want something different you're aiming for something different in a relationship uh let that representative have the day off go ahead and be yourself and uh tell your tell your whole truth you know maybe maybe that relationship will turn out a little bit different all right so moving on uh let's move into uh a newer segment uh all this, right this is this is gonna be called Ask the Doctor. <laughs> so, uh first question of uh, our series of podcasts from uh, a young brother in uh, Las Vegas, schoolboy T. Uh he's a twenty four year old single father and uh he works he's uh he's got a baby by a mom. All right, I hate the term baby mama. So I'm not even gonna go there. That shit's derogatory to me. So um uh, He's having issues with how he interacts with the mom because of the child. So uh, anytime that he comes around to see his son, you know, he provides for his son. But anytime he comes around to see his son, she gives him grief about it. You know, she wants to take the kid away from him. She wants to talk shit about him in front of the the child. So um, he's wondering how to break the cycle, you know, how to uh, limit the the strife between him and his ex um, in reference to the child. All he wants to do is take care of his son. He wants to be there and provide for his son and be an influence in his son's life. Uh, so that's the question. And I'm going to throw it over to um, to Dwayne. I mean, I, I've got zero experience with, um, you know, this type of situation. So I don't want to speculate. I can give him all kind of advice. Uh, but... I don't have any firsthand knowledge and I, I would rather refer to somebody, somebody who does. Mm. Well, from my perspective, um, it's always going to be difficult to force interaction that, uh, that one partner is unwilling to participate in. So, um, from a standpoint of continuing to be there for his son, um, that's the best the best option for him is just to continue doing what he is doing and uh, hope in time that at some point the mother of his child will loosen up um, in the interim, um, maybe supervised visits, maybe having someone there to run interference while he is interacting with his son, someone to mm-hmm. uh, from her side that may be, uh, um, open to, you know, mediating, perhaps saying, you know, hey, you just need to let this guy be here. He means well. He's he's being there for his child. Um, I've been fortunate in that regard because I'm was one of the few folks that actually was awarded custody of my son at an early age. Um, and I I was I, I never had to deal with the the hey your dad is this your dad is that. Not in person. Um, obviously, at some times, um, my son would receive, you know, poison, we'll call it, from uh, his, his mother um, about me as a person. Mm-hmm. But 
me being able to to uh, actually be there for him day in and day out, I was able to, you know, combat that by just being a strong father figure in his life. Yeah, yeah, that's that's real talk right there. And uh, you know, I can kind of I can kind of speak to that. Um, you know, I'm not even gonna sugarcoat it. You know, me and me and my ex, uh, she's a listener now, so uh, we've matured, but. We struggled in the beginning mightily, and I think it was because, like you said, he's only 24 years old. When we split, right. we were pretty young too, and uh, you know, a lot, a lot of things were going on at the time. You know, um, you know, it's just, just the whole separation, the whole divorce. You know, probably not wanting each other to go in different directions, all of that. So there was a lot of, lot of struggle, and, uh, and then, then for me, you know, me being in the military, I went to Korea, so now, you know, I'm miles and miles away from my daughter and it was very difficult but the one thing that i learned um then this is no jab toward her or anything like that is you know don't ever let anything that you are doing be defined by somebody else so if you know you're bringing it you know if you know you're being that dad and you're doing all that you can the way you can based on the circumstances you know don't look for anybody to try to give you any definition for what that truly is other than yourself because these kids you know they grow up and uh, when they get to a certain age, they can speak for themselves and they have a reality that they're that that's their own, you know. And so they'll know, yeah. you know, that you were doing what you were supposed to do. And, you know, it's not to, to throw any kind of, you know, salt towards the opposite side. But, you know, don't look for their approval. Just know what you're doing as a father. Stay strong in what you're doing. You know, keep raising them to the best of your knowledge. You know, definitely, definitely always try to improve as being a father. None of us are perfect, but, you know, there's there's everything out there. You read, you talk to people that you trust, you know, check yourself, but definitely don't use anybody else's definition of what you're doing to try to try to give you some kind of, you know, self-reflection. You know what you are as a father. So just just continue to keep proving, my brother. Keep striving. Um, stay strong and, uh, and raise your son in the way that you can. That's 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 my input on that. Would you two uh, would you both agree that, you know, um, in these situations, it's more about the child than the relationship between the two. The two people that are involved, two adults that are involved need to take the higher ground and understand that uh, whatever differences they have between them needs to be put aside. And the best interest of the child should come first. Would you agree with that? Definitely. Mm One hundred percent. But the problem is when they're out, I'm not exactly sure of their history. I'm not sure the reason for their separation. But that a lot of times can cloud better judgment. If someone's feeling resentful or spiteful or slighted in some type of way, then it's going to be hard to co-parent, period. Very true. Um, true. Always going to be that, that negative perception of the one who thinks the other person's at fault. And, um, but you, like you said, you have to be the bigger person and realize that it's better, um, to cooperate and work to raise a productive young person. Yeah. yeah. And, and a whole bunch of that, honestly, is, is like, we always talk about P just self-reflection, man, because your anger that you're trying to, you know, pose towards that other parent, you know, can be seen in that child. So yeah. you're, you're doing all kind of little slick things and, and, and mind game things that the kid picks up on, you know, and I'm not saying all that always happens, but in the event that it does, like, who are you truly damaging? You're not damaging the person over here. You're damaging the kid because that kid doesn't get a fair shot to understand who their parent is because you're, you're, you're feeding them the wrong type of, you know, message. And I, and I think that's the most selfish thing you can ever think about doing in this situation. Whether you hate that person or not, whether that person did you wrong or not, if you guys do share a life and you have, you know, the the ability to to raise that kid the right way, you have to let that stuff go. You know, you, Very true. you have to put the kid out in front and know that whatever decisions you're making, whatever conversations you're having, is for the best of the kid. And if you do that, I think everybody can grow up and move on and then maybe one day in the future be able to see each other in a in a much different light than what it is in the present but we struggle with that you know everybody struggles with that because of ownership right it's ownership my kid i want the money you know you gonna pay me child support i want the time you know and it almost becomes like a leverage like a piece of a chess game or something like this this pawn the kid you know is is worth me doing all this other stuff to get to my end result and I don't like that at all. And, you know, hopefully for the young guy, 
he doesn't go that route. Um, you know, for everybody out there that's in this situation, I hope that you can you can rise above it and be stronger for your kids. Um, but definitely, definitely put them out front. That's just my piece. Yeah. So ultimately, you know, look beyond yourself. Look at the, the totality of the situation and see what the greater good is. Uh, put your own bullshit aside, your own personal convictions, your own personal feelings of whatever happened between the two adults need to be pushed to the side. And those two adults need to work those situations out on their own. But ultimately, it should not affect uh, what it takes to raise and rear that child and do what's best for that child. Uh, indeed indeed so again my brother thanks for the question um thank you for giving us the opportunity to to reach out to you and and give you some feedback please keep listening and uh if you have any further questions uh hit us up on our blog spot um coandedoctor.blogspot.com um that's where we'll definitely be taking uh all the all the questions and trying to answer them so they're all in one convenient location all right um, so with that, fellas, let's actually get into our talk this week. All right. So so this week, uh, you know, this 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 week's episode is titled uh, 17 year in review. Right. So uh, we're just going to dive on into this. Right. And we're going to talk about what 2017 uh, will be remembered most for. Right. There's a lot of stuff that happened just like any other year. But as we get to the end of the year, I think some things are highlighted more. Um, and so. We've chose a few topics to bring up, all right? So I'm going to go ahead and introduce the first one, right? So it seems like every week, if not every day, in the last, I'll say, two months, three months, there's another allegation of sexual harassment, right? How many of those have y'all seen this, this, this year alone? So let's just talk about that for a little bit. Your thoughts? Well, uh, it's, it's amazing to me that there have been so many different cases now they they range from multiple accusers to one accuser uh you know I, i'll start by saying that in no context whatsoever should a woman be harassed or anyone be harassed sexually uh you know i think it all it, it all boils down to uh an abuse of power is usually a, a person in a, a position of power over the subject and they abuse that power and they use it for sexual means, sexual gratification, however you want to classify it, uh, which in any case, if it's a woman harassing a man or vice versa, it's flat out wrong. Uh, and something obviously needs to be done about it. you know. And we touched on this yesterday during our, our pre-show talk about whether there should be a statute of limitations on this. Honestly, man, I, I don't think so uh, because something that damaging to someone when you think of the fragility of someone's uh psyche their their emotional well-being you know some cases a lot of these cases may not have been brought to light because of well no one's going to believe me you know you think historically when anything has happened of that nature rapes don't get reported assaults don't get reported because the media either downplays it or sensationalizes it or uh, not enough is done to investigate exactly what happens and it's pushed under the rug. So with the prevailing thought that my claim isn't going to carry any weight, they're going to overlook it. Uh, I can understand why these reports have not come up. Uh, and it's it the way that it seems to me is it seems like one domino had to fall before a series of dominoes had fell. You know, in the case of uh, the Hollywood producer, you know, there's over, what, they say 30, 30 complaints against this guy. It took one domino and then 29 more fell. And there's potentially even more dominoes to fall. So one brave person had to stand up and say, yeah, he did this to me before a litany of others came forward and said, yeah, he did that to me, too. So statute of limitations uh, in respect to these cases I, I don't think that there there should be one. Um, if it happens, more than, I, I think it needs to be reported sooner. Obviously, uh, but if it happens, it happens once, and there's more and more complaints. Somebody needs to say something about it. So, you know, that that's my take on it for so, now. Go ahead, Gary. So I, um, I had this conversation recently at work, um, and we were discussing the whole statute of limitations thing. And at one point. Um, I was leaning toward like, oh, there's, they can't come back 20 some years later and 
and make these accusations because now it's just he says versus he she says, you know. Um, but being a father of three daughters, um, if any one of those little little ladies comes to me, it could be fifty years later. <laughs> I would have to do everything within my power to make that right. Um, you can't just dismiss a claim based on how long ago something happened. Um, it's just, I also feel that uh, there has to be some type of stronger repercussions for falsely accusing someone. There you go. Yes. Um, there you yes. go. That, that's the big thing because there's been instances where, hey, we did this together, so on and so forth. Someone has regret. All of a sudden, it's, oh, I didn't want that. Um, how do you handle that? That that would be my question. I think there has to be some type of stern punishment handed out for whoever the accuser is, if it's found to be false. Um, because the allegations themselves, that's going to stick with the, the accused person forever. That stigma yeah. does not leave. Ever. Right. Ever. And you know what? And what what you just brought up? You know, I'm just reading something on TMZ, like like Nelly, right? So he was found not guilty for whatever. You know, it's kind of dismissed his case, and now he's actually thinking about, well, you know what? I might seek legal action toward the person that accused me because you pretty much tried to, you know, d defile my character, try to put me out there like I was some something that I wasn't. And now that it's you know dismissed, you're just gonna go back to rest. But like you just said. He'll always have that allegation and always stick with him. So I honestly believe, just like you were saying, there has to be something that, that is done because somebody sees that sometimes in a negative light, i.e., that's a way for me to get a, a couple quick bucks, right? And right. when that stuff starts to happen, now we're playing a very dangerous game because it's almost like, yeah, you know what? We had a little moment at the club. Maybe he did push up on me. Nothing happened, but what is truly defined as sexual harassment these days. You know, we always think about the big R, right? Rape, okay? So if it's not that, you know, what what is sexual harassment? Well, being in the military, we found out sexual harassment is pretty much anything. <laughs> it, I mean, the list goes on and on of what it truly falls under. So a situation like that, now you're going to put somebody in a very, very bad spot going forward. That person is that's being accused, and all it was is a misunderstanding a simple touch, whatever. I didn't mean. I didn't mean to take it nowhere. But nobody knows that story. Nobody knows that story. You know, you, you yeah. got you got like the Uber driver story with with uh, James Winston. Like, what's the truth behind that? We don't know. But what right. did she say? She said he touched her inappropriately. He kind of groped her. Now, with something like that, of course, we hear James Winston. We say NFL player. We say, uh oh, he fits the bill. He's an athlete. Maybe he did it. Well, maybe he didn't. But right. ideally, how do we know that? You know, how do you play that out? So that's the type of thing that I'm saying, you know, in the event that like like Dwayne said, somebody is not telling the truth. There's definitely have to be some kind of something. You know, I don't know what that is. You know, maybe jail time is too strong. Fines. I don't know. I mean, they got to figure it out. But if you're just going to cry wolf and ain't nothing really going on and then it's supposed to just go back to normal once it's once it's found that you know nothing really happened i don't think that's fair either because you're always labeled that right see and I'm, I'm glad you touched on that um i i read on espn yesterday about uh the running back from uh, oklahoma university being accused of rape right. come to find out this young lady told several people and through text messages that uh they slept together two weeks later he he never wanted to be this this girl's boyfriend. She was mad, mm -hmm. so she she accused him of rape, right. because he refused to be her boyfriend. It was consensual sex, mm -hmm. you know. So, not and, and I and read, I read further. Nothing's going to happen to her. Yep. And the DA said something along the lines of she was in emotional distress when she made this claim. So. Mm -hmm. Wait a minute. There's an excuse for why why crimes are committed? Because come on, that's a that's a crime. Especially you're, you're, you're accusing this man of rape, and it was premeditated. If you already yes. told somebody, you already told you people. thought this thing through. You knew what you were doing yeah. when you accused this young man of rape, and like like Dwayne said, the stigma on is on him. That stink is going to stay on him. Yeah. You know, and he he's a draft stock. Yeah. Everything. 
Yeah, it's going to affect his draft stock because they're going to say he has character flaws and this and that. (laughs) You made a bad judgment call because you slept with this young lady. Really? It was consensual. It was mutual. We both agreed to do this. It wasn't like he forced her into doing anything. You know, so there, there's, there's a, 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 this dichotomy between the harassment claims and then those false claims. You know, it, it's a, it's something that warrants a deeper and honest discussion. Now, again, I'm not discounting anyone's claim that none of us are are discounting anyone's claim that they've been harassed in some kind of way. Okay. Very true. Uh, Very true. And, and again. This is another one of those things where the moral high ground doesn't exist because, again, in Kansas, I read about this lady who dropped out of the election because of sexual harassment claims against her in the past. So Mm -hmm. there's no moral high ground here. We as men and women, we're messing up somewhere. And the genesis of this whole podcast has always been about conversation, discussion. This is another one of those areas where there needs to be a deeper discussion. So what offends a woman? Does a man really know what offends a man? Does a does a woman really know? Right. You know, have I'm sure the three of us can think of different situations where we found ourselves socially someplace and a woman has said something to us that may have been offensive, mm-hmm. you know, but the male ego usually just kind of filters it out like, oh, OK, yes, whatever. Right. Definitely. Oh, for sure. And and then vice versa. You know, some situations, some a comment may be made to a woman. It could be something innocuous, something innocent. Wow, you look nice today. Yeah. And and that could be misconstrued as being harassment. Mm-hmm. I just said she looked nice today. What what is that? Right. You know. Yeah. But it's it's in each person's perception how we see these situations as they come come about. You know. So as a society. How are we viewing these things? What's harassment? What's not harassment? Uh, but ultimately, you know, if a claim is made, it has to be taken seriously. And there has to be repercussions for the false allegations. Has to be. Absolutely. So when you when you talk about that and we talk about um, the accuser, right? So let's let's flip the other side. Now, what happens when that accuser is is, you know, a multiple offender? <laughs> then then what? Now, how we look at that situation? See, I think that uh, when there's one accusation, there needs to be equal analysis on both sides. Okay, don't just instantly jump to the gun and say, for instance, a guy at OU raped this young lady. Well, let me look at the relationship that they had first. Before we jump to say we label him as a rapist. Now, in the case of multiples, okay. We're going to use 45 as the example. Oh, shit. <laughs> Here we go. <laughs> 19 women, 19 women across the country has, has accused him of sexual harassment. Now, we'll go one further. There's video, there's audio evidence of him admitting to it, basically. Now, I don't think that 19 women across the United States have gotten together. 19 random, and I'm going to, I got to highlight random. 19 random women are getting together to say, hey, let's accuse this this dude of sexual harassment. Well, this smoke is fire. In most cases, yes. Yeah. Yeah. When it quacks like a duck, it's a duck. So there has to be some validity to this and it warrants further investigation. Now, the crux of the argument for me is you've got Hollywood, you've got media, you've got news you've got sports that this is happening and the whole country's in an uproar and they they want you know all of these these sexual predators you know dealt with but there's almost no discussion about 45s indiscretions zero yeah you you wouldn't hear an argument from my side on that maybe definitely not Maybe that's the position of the high seat. You know, I, I don't know. I don't even want to speculate on that. But you're right. You're absolutely right. So that was something that he was carrying coming in to the election. You know. Yeah. And you know, and 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 you kind of posed this in the pre in the pre talk. And I'm, I'm trying not to make this political, right? But just per, just to provoke thought, like we always do. We always try to get you to think. Let's say 
President Obama had these same allegations. Prior he wouldn't have had president in front of his name. Yeah, okay, so prior to running. You know <laughs> you know this coming in. And we all see in, in ways that, you know, politicians use, you know, you know, their their ads and however they, they like to advertise and they and they try to throw salt towards their competition. Right? But I, I don't think I've ever seen anybody go this low, you know, and try to throw that in there. So I'm not saying that. I'm not saying, you know, you would you would campaign saying somebody was, you know, accused of these things. However, if it was in media and it was in talks and, you know, President Obama has certain clips that were released with him saying certain things. Now, he did have the weed clip back in Kenya or whatever, and that caught a lot of fire. Anyway, staying on track. But if he had clips of him saying things like, you know, Mr. Trump said, and and then he also had 19 accusers, would he have even made it, you know, to the round of potential presidency, in your opinion? Man, he would have been a lawyer back in Illinois. Period. Facts. Period. <laughs> Period. Alderman. Okay. Alderman Obama. Huh? And, and 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 that that's just being honest about this whole thing right here. You know, um, since we're we're on the topic of you know, we, this is a good segue to to my 2017 reflection, and it's uh, you know, I will say that. He is the 45 is the perfect bookend to the Obama presidency. OK, when we look back on how it's how his presidency started to me, it took a perfect storm for him to become president. OK, and that perfect storm was George Bush. You know, when you think back to George Bush's eight years, he, he stole the election in Florida with the hanging chad, you know, uh, and then the Iraq war, you know, under auspicious pretenses you know the jury is still out on the reasoning behind going into iraq and we all already know uh, you know the the fallout from that the economic fallout from that to this country you know we it, it sent the country into a tailspin so at that time you know um you think we we definitely need a change this country needs a change we we've had pretty much more the same before obama what there was 43 of the same type of it was 43 white men running this country so why not time for a change maybe america did finally reach its nexus and say okay it's it's time for something different you know we've had 43 the same let's try this boom we have obama he wins another election he has eight eight years almost no scandal benghazi the weapons thing in mexico and that was that was pretty much about it whether you you agree with his policies and, and all of that. That's that's always political. That's always up for debate. But here you have a man, two children by the same woman, married to the same woman. No personal scandals whatsoever. None. OK, smoke some weed. But George Bush did coke. And I'm not trying to uh, make a comparison and justify him smoking weed. That's and he owned up to it. It wasn't like he did the. I did it, but I didn't inhale, <laughs> you know, he didn't do that. Um, but for all intents and purposes, eight years of him doing his job, scandal free. I call him my generation's Kennedy's, you know, and we already know Kennedy had a series of women. But anyway, that's neither here nor there. Um, but during his presidency, the racial current kind of changed, you know, you had more overt racism come to light. Uh, and, and like I said, this is during a time when we thought we were entering into that post-racial uh, America. Honestly, not, because the second bookend is 45. Now it's more obvious how racist this country ha has always been. It's not that it's become racist. It's always been racist. Now... His actions, his words have justified it. It's given them power. Mm. So now, you know, they, they can go into Charlottesville and march with tiki torches and, you know, say all these things. And he says there's good and bad people on both sides. And I think and I think that's where you want to lead into, uh, Dwayne. Yeah. What, what's 17 going to be remembered for in your thoughts? Man, well, for me, and I, this is like a really, really 
topic, big topic for me is uh, how uh, officers of the law are being able to execute black men and walk free. Um, I honestly don't have an answer for what the fix for this would be, because, I mean, it continuously happens um, on film, on camera, mm-hmm. recorded. And there's absolutely no punishment handed out. Um, let's take, for example, um, the gentleman in Tulsa, Oklahoma, I believe, who was shot um, by the female female officer. Um, first thing that they said, even before they had made contact with him from the from the helicopter. That was her uh, husband in the helicopter. Yeah, from the helicopter. He goes, whoa, looks like a bad dude. What about him looks like a bad dude? The fact that he was a large black man? Um, I don't get it. Um, and I've literally experienced the the uh, the prejudging, we'll say, um, by officers. Um, I've been stopped before in my neighborhood. And I live in a predominantly white suburban neighborhood. Um, this particular night, I was out for a run which I absolutely hate doing, by the way. Um, <laughs> but uh, approached by some officers in a vehicle, pulled up behind me, and I asked, I said, can I help you? Like, what are you doing? And I said, well, what does it look like I'm doing? He goes, well, you got ID on you? I said, well, I typically don't carry an ID on me when I'm running with basketball shorts and no shirt on at night. I don't, I don't have an ID on me. So he says, well, what are you doing around here? And I say, well, I live here. And he goes, well, let me talk to you for a minute. I'm like, I have nothing to say to you. Why do I have to stop and talk to you? I have nothing to say to you. So I continue. And they continue rolling along beside me um, until I make it to my my driveway, in which case I walk in the house. And he says, hey, you going to go get your ID? No, I'm not going to go get my ID. I'm going to mind my dang business, period. Um, but the assumption that I was out of place, I have no idea why I would be out of place. I mean, I've served my country for 18 years. I make a decent living and I afford to live where I live. So, I mean, I just don't get it. I don't understand. But, but here's the, here's the problem with that. Should they gotten, had, had they gotten out the car and tried to get physical, I would have been the guy at fault for not complying. Why do I have to comply with something that is unlawful? You stop me for no damn reason. Yeah. Man, I tell you what, and and that's exactly, exactly, you know, referring back to episode two, what offends me, why Colin Kaepernick is truly, truly taking his stance. Has nothing to do with the American flag and people who've served and died. It's about exactly what you just said. See, them not understanding that, Understanding your life, all right? You are in the military. Not that that should matter. They shouldn't say, oh, he's military. Leave him alone. Give him a pass. Hell no. But the same token, they seen black guy, wrong area for black guy, running, no shirt on, basketball shorts. That potentially is an issue. And that's what he's trying to put out there. And my comment to that, you know, A, you my brother, you know, you one of my best friends. You know, I never even knew that story. And that offends the shit out of me, you know, because A, I've never had to deal with that, first off. And I live in, like, you know, say predominantly white areas as well. But B, on top of that, I know if that happens to me, that's going to have some type of effect on me. And C, I don't know how that's going to lead to whatever's going to happen. Do I show what truly I'm feeling and then that gets me, you know, the next victim I'm killed? Or do I just accept it and say, you know what, that's what it is. At least I'm still breathing. That's something that I don't want to process because we all have sons. You know, you have and and my son is the youngest of, of all of our sons and he's only 12 years old. And I don't think this generation quite yet understands what we know. Right. Because we've seen 30 years of it. You know, Proc, you've seen 40 years of it. Damn, so, yeah, yeah. And and these young kids, you know, that that we see, they all have a different upbringing, especially if they come from tough places. They just know how to express what they're feeling at the moment, which ultimately sometimes gets in my opinion leads to what happens next. You know, they don't have that calm 
cool that you showed Dwayne right there. Like, look here, man. I'm minding my business, but you didn't get irate. These kids now, I don't know if they truly know how to to work through a situation like that. Because usually from all the videos you've seen, there's that immediate pushback, and then there's a gunshot. And that's yeah. some scary shit to think about, man. Yeah. Some really scary yeah. shit to think about. See, and that's where, I, I'm sorry, I, I've told, I've sat down and I've talked to Brian. Brian is 24, and he's all over this area. He has his car. He goes and does whatever he wants to do. And I, you know, it, it's a matter of, it's a, this is where it's shameful. The, the, the shameful part of, of being in this country is for anybody of color. It's not just black people. I don't want to just marginalize this and make it about black people. Any, if anyone of color has got to deal with this, where we've got to sit down with our, our kids and explain to them how to interact with a cop. Yeah. Not, not, the legal way, we have to explain how to safely interact with a cop. You know, yeah. hey, Ryan, you get stopped by a cop, man. Let your window down. Show them your hands. Yeah. What kind of fucking existence is that? And this it's, is supposed to be a free country. Exactly. You know, I've been stopped. I, dude, I, I got stopped one morning off of midship when I was still a cop in the Air Force. I'm driving home and cop pulls me over. And I'm like, why? He's like, well, your car fit the description. You fit the description. So how the fuck do I fit the description? I'm still in uniform. I just got off work. Exactly. The description of what? You know, yeah. there's there's a, a problem in this country with uh, I don't want to reduce it and make it all make it uh, racist. There's an implicit bias that white America has towards people of color. And yeah. Instead of owning those biases, they would rather deflect them off on us and say that we need to comply. We, ne- we need to learn how to be better in these situations when they don't expect better from each other. Mm-hmm. You so, know, there's, there's video evidence of white people cursing cops out oh and yeah. nothing happening. Nothing. Weapons in hand. Nothing weapon happening. In yeah. Weapons in hand. Like I'm, I'm literally, and I'm, and I'm not even bullshitting when I say this. Like, when I get stopped, I'm nervous to reach for my damn license. I'm like, okay, sir, this is what's about to happen. You know, um, I'm slowly moving to my center console to get this, or I'm, I'm going to reach in this glove box and get my registration. Mm-hmm. Like, because if I, I move quick, hey, he was reaching for something. I'm fucking reaching for what you ask for. <laughs> what do you want me to do? Okay. Yeah. Which um, is, which is, I'm sorry, Dwayne, but honestly, I want to chime in real quick. Which is always, you know, freaking mind blowing to me because what what's the odds that I got pulled over for a, a routine traffic stop, and then my thought is to reach for the gun that I have in my glove box and then kill this cop and drive off like nothing's gonna happen? Like what the yeah. hell? Who the hell is? What's the odds of that happening? So I don't know how they look at the way they, they have to defend themselves. I'm going to use that in quotations. But what makes them think that's what's about to happen? Normal guy with his family and kids in the car. You take homeboy that got the, the guy. Minnesota. Yeah, they got killed in Minnesota. Yeah. Yeah. You think he's about to then give his kid and his you know wife the example of this is how you shoot a cop in person. And then we're just going to drive off and continue our Sunday day. Like, are you kidding me? Like, I don't understand yes. that. Maybe I'm off topic a little bit, and I apologize. But No, no, no. This, this that, is a long line. Why, 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 why do they think that, that that's what's going to happen? When they say he was reaching for something. To do what? That's not what is. Never mind. You know what? Now, no, <laughs> now I, go ahead. Go ahead, G. The, the thing is, right, it's the negative it's the negative uh, connotation that people associate with with black males or or men of color. Seriously, like it, it's not only cops, man. Like I could be walking up the street and have a, a group of you know whoever, an old white lady walking toward me, and I can see the tension in her body as I get closer. Yeah, I can see it. Yeah, and I'm like, "How you doing, ma'am?" And she's like, "Oh, hi." But before I break the ice by greeting her she's scared for yeah. no reason i've seen that in my neighborhood 
Yes, I've lived in my neighborhood since 2002, and I've seen that in my neighborhood while I'm out walking my damn dog. You know, I get this this the strange looks from people who've never seen me walking my dog before. Like, uh oh, what's he doing? I live here, right? You know, um, but I, I'll go. I I don't want to cast every cop as being bad, and I don't want want the listeners to think that that's what we're doing. Um, I'll mm-hmm. use it from the context of my 14 of my 22 years, I was a cop in the Air Force. Now, with any job, there's some some like good maintainers. There's some good bio troops. There's some good cops. There's some shitty cops, too. All right. And, and I think that what we see most of is uh, a culmination of a shitty cop, shitty attitude, shitty training, um, coupled with that person's implicit bias, their bias towards the thing that they don't know. Mm-hmm. And the thing that they don't know is what it's like to be a person of color in this country and be viewed as a negative stereotype, no matter what you've done. You know, as, as the saying, as, the, as that old adage says, uh, as it goes is, when you're a person, when you're a black person, you have to work twice as hard to get half as much. Yep, I've heard that. You know, we have to we have to color deeper inside the lines to ensure that we can get through a fucking traffic stop. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. And that's unfortunate. You know, but yes. It, yeah. Th- that's that's a stark reality in this country. And because it's a reality, damn sure doesn't make it right. And like I said, my biggest problem with it is that you get they get the pass. Like you get a free pass to murder someone and then go home and have macaroni and cheese with your family. Whatever, I like, whatever you're gonna eat, you're you're free to go home. And I'm I'm going to help to 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 the graveyard. Right. You know. And again, um, flashing back to episode two, what offends you? This is why we were so passionate there. Um, but just just had that discussion, you know, think about what we're talking about. It's obvious you guys can hear the way we are very passionate in what we're saying right now. Um, but we've been we've, we've been on that one for a minute, you know, and, and, and let's talk about 2017 in a different in a different light. Let's talk about influence. Right. So we all know today um, influence primarily comes from what we listen to, what we see on TV, um, the media as a whole. Um, so I'm, I'm going to talk about influence. I'm going to talk about a positive influence, you know, like like listening to music. That's a therapy for, for a lot of people. I know it's a therapy for me. Um, so I'll say in 2017, there were some great albums that came out uh, on the hip hop side. That's where I'm going to focus. Um, and, I, and I think that just gets, in a, gets us in a different part of our talk, kind of changing gears. You know, we definitely brought up, you know, the negative highlights. I kind of want to move into some positive, you know. So there was three albums um, that, I, that I really reflected on this year. One being by Rhapsody, Layla's Wisdom, um, 444 by Jay-Z, and then Flower Boy by Tyler, the Creator. Um, Each one of these albums was something different for me. Um, Layla's Wisdom, honestly, uh, not to to throw any shade or whatever, but I have not truly been a huge follower of of female female artists in the in the rap game, hip hop game, whatever, because I just feel like they don't I don't connect with them. It's nothing against them. I just don't connect with them. They usually have a different side of their story and I, I just find it hard to connect. But on this album, Layla's Wisdom, like she was able to take like a neo funk soul type Erica Badu feel. The whole production is like that. And then give you like real hard lyrics that make sense that are real. But it's a woman doing it. And you often have to put yourself in perspective. So, you know, I give her mad props for not using, you know, her body or sex sales to do any of that. She actually is a no kidding hip hop artist. So shout out to to Rhapsody for that. 444 with Jay-Z. That was just another great album on him. Just showing his growth. Him being able to drop some gems throughout that album. I'm sure everybody heard him. I don't need to quote anything. But it was just him being him. And, and that's a little biased. I've been a Jay-Z fan since day one. But it was definitely uh, a great album for somebody that's in their mid-40s. You know, he's still able to do it. And lastly, I know I know G might might disagree. But when I first started listening to Tyler Creator back in the day, Homeboy was eating roaches and doing all kind of crazy stuff off the wall. And my boy G would tell me in the back cave, man, what the hell are you listening to and why? <laughs> But in all honesty, you know, Flower Boy showed his his maturity. It showed his growth. It showed that 
he can get away from what people know him as. It's this hardcore type rapper, this this off the wall dude just making a bunch of noise and be a true hip hop artist with some great lyrics and passion. And, and yet, you know, his album went up for album of the year. So all three of these went up for album of the year, honestly. So I'm not just trying to, you know, tag along because they were they were already recognized, but they truly did do something to my listening ear. So that's just my little tidbit on hip hop. G, you want to jump into that? Most definitely. Um as you know, I'm a fan of lyrics. Um, I like bars, man. Um, bars. I'm not about I'm not about these beats. I'm not about all oh, that. That sounds good. Blah blah blah. If you have a message in your music, and you articulate it in a clever way, I'm a fan. Um, so from that standpoint, I would say the two albums that uh, I've been rocking out to, uh, one would be Saha the Prince. Uh, no dope on Sundays. He's uh Atlanta-based rapper, has ties with Kanye, but very, very, very underrated. Yes, sir. Um, people who don't, who aren't real huge fans of hip-hop, um, you may not, he might fly under your radar. But that album, very complete. Um, the concepts were nice. The, the, the flow of the album was really good. And obviously the lyrics were superb. Um, and another rapper that has flown under the radar for quite some time. I've been a fan of for a long time as well, but it's, he's finally getting some notoriety. Uh, Joyner Lucas. Yes, sir. Um, his album flew under the radar as well. He's finally getting some uh, some shine, so to speak, from a couple a couple uh, videos that he has put out lately. Excuse me, one video and one uh, remix of a song. Um. Mm-hmm. That album also start to finish. Great album. Uh, there's uh, another one. One one other album, and I forget the name of the album, but uh, one of my favorite rappers as well, Kelly Calion out of Houston, Texas. Okay. Um, very lyrical as well. Slept on. Um, he's, he's he's he has ties with a uh, Slim Thug. They've they've uh, they've rapped together for years, but. Um, our definite oh excuse me i remember his album name it's called uh lorraine motel there you go um, there you go yep he he touches on a lot of social issues that that we spoke about today um race being one of them um but that album is also complete and i think that if i had to choose one that would be my favorite album of 2017 truth truth on that and and just for our listeners this is one of the, the big reasons that, you know, we wanted to bring Dwayne on, and we had kind of alluded to this in past episodes, that we wanted to have a hip-hop show. But we definitely understand that we can have way deeper conversation than just hip-hop. But we will definitely have Dwayne on in the future, you know, for these segments right here, you know, keeping keeping our mind and our ears on the right track, you know, maybe getting away from some of this this mainstream garbage that's out there right now because he's he's definitely knowledgeable on that subject. But we're definitely gonna leave you out, P. We know you the old head. Oh yeah. <laughs> so See, go ahead. Let us know what you're rocking. That's that's the thing that uh that, that I, I love about, you know, when we talk about music, especially with uh with G, because uh, I don't seek it out. I don't seek out, you know, new uh new music. You know, not hip hop, definitely. I'm a jazz head, man. I love my jazz. But um, if there's some uh, some hip hop that I need to listen to for the message, because I, I'm I'm the same. I'm on the, the same light. I want to hear a message. I don't care what the beat is. I want to be enlightened in some way. I want to be moved in some way by what I'm hearing. Uh, y'all call it bars. Y'all call it rhyme or whatever. I want to be moved by a message. I want that message to resonate with me. Take me someplace that I've either been or give me something to look forward to. You know, uh, so I get my my underground, you know, the good shit from from G, right. you know, Brian, you know, my son hooks me up sometimes. But uh, for 2017, um, my hip hop album that kind of stands out to me is Kendrick. I love Kendrick Lamar. Kendrick takes me back to a time like, Damn. when uh, you know, Biggie and and, and Tupac, you know, and, and that we could have just a hip hop discussion about Biggie, Tupac, um, Jay-Z. And, 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 you know, the state of things from the past until now, because we all have three different views on them and, uh, and, and, and which artists we like, which ones we don't like and why. Uh, but Kendrick, to me, 
takes me back to that time and uh his message and and his his music is relevant to the time you know it's a reflection of the conversation we just had it's a reflection of what we see right now in our society so um that that's the hip-hop album for me but my love of jazz man i i love smooth jazz so my two um smooth jazz albums first one is honestly by john boney james shout out uh, boney shout out boney it just smooth jazz just takes me to where i can reflect i can relax life is stressful enough you know and and hip-hop can get you kind of amped up and you want to break some shit sometimes <laughs> <laughs> so i need to like walk myself down and you know jazz does that for me my second and my absolute favorite this is probably my favorite album um over the last i don't know maybe five years is brian culbertson's dreams um he's got you know i think it's like 13 tracks on there man and i can listen to all 13 of them and you know the the rhythm on them they differ um you know lights out is by far the best track on there you want to have some quiet time with your lady listen to lights out okay p all right <laughs> teach them up teach them up so you know what's funny about this too is uh, we we're talking about hip hop now and 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 whatever and you know your peaceful jazz that you need you know but I find that in seventeen or any of your past most people um, look at what happened with everybody else and doesn't really reflect on themselves right so I mean sometimes that can be in just what you watch like a lot of people get hung up in their favorite show. We all know there was cliffhangers, you know, from Game of Thrones this year. There's a cliffhanger from Power. If you watch Walking Dead, last week was a cliffhanger. You know, Beyonce had a twins, so people get caught up in that. Gucci Man got married. What they do is find all of this relevance in everybody else and don't have self-reflection of themselves. So this last segment of the day, you know, is honestly, what will 17 say about me? And again... We want to put that thought out there. We want to put that reflection out there. Think about this going forward. But what will 17 say about me? Honestly, fellas, for me, 17 is say I finally got out of my own way. And what does that mean? I finally stopped asking myself, what is it that's bothering me? And I didn't really know what it was. I know I had a whole bunch of life events going on, a whole bunch of things I couldn't really answer for. But I never took the time. I never took the energy to say, you know what? I got to get out of my own way. If there's something that's dealing that I need to deal with, I need to deal with. And so I took the right measures to handle that. You know, I had the right conversations with individuals I needed to have those conversations with. You know, I made amends when there was when it was when it was time to do that. You know, and then I sat down and I actually wrote down a goal plan because I think I allowed my my success from just being, you know, in my job, my success from just being, you know, you know, a good father take me to another place and, and make me fulfill like or make had me having the fulfillment that I thought I needed. In actuality, I was missing something. There was a hole. So I actually got out of my own way, wrote my goals down, start checking them off a list, you know, start putting them into play. And I think that's the biggest thing that I'm going to carry into 2018 because now I feel like can't nothing stop me. I feel like I have all the energy, you know, moving in the right direction for the first time. I feel like I got all my friends and family that are really important that are really close to me that I hold in a high regard behind me, pushing me, motivating me. And it took me, took me getting out of my way. There was nobody else to blame but myself. I had to get out of my own way. I had to make some tough decisions. I had to go through some heartache and some pain. But now I can see the road ahead and I feel good about what's to come in the future, not just next year, but the future beyond that. I feel like I'm already being a better parent, a better husband, a better friend, a better brother. You know, so that's what 2017 will say about me, that I finally got out of my own way. What about you, G? Hmm. That's a tough one to answer. But uh, I will say this. What I learned in 2017 is that it's okay to turn the page. Mm. And when I say that, it means start fresh with everything. Um, I'm coming to the end of a 20 year career in the military um, had a lot of apprehension about making that decision. Like, Hey, what am I going to do when I get out? Um, what am I, what is, what is my plan? I don't really have one. I was, I was nervous, 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 nervous. But what I, what I know is that everything's going to be fine. Um, 
I've set myself up in a in a way that I'll be able to walk away from this uh, service wise and uh, and be fine. Um, I've turned the page as far as parenting as well. Like uh, I've tried so many things, um, you know, uh, trying to reach my my children in in the best way possible. And you know, I have four children. Each child is different. What what, what works for one might not work for the others. And for a long time, I've been in the school that thought that, hey, I'm dad. What I say goes, whatever, whatever, whatever. That doesn't work. It doesn't Hell. always work. Hell no. No, it doesn't. <laughs> and my two are a reflection of that. I did the same thing, man. It was the, the biggest mistake I ever made. Yeah. So, like I said, learning that it's fine to turn the page and try different things is uh, what I what I take from 2017 the most respect there man and last man, but not last but not least you know what 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 you got on this pro uh for me you know i first first let me let me tell you to this man i i've been fortunate enough to uh, know you guys for, for upwards of 10 years now and um man much love and respect for the both of you seriously and and that that's coming from from my heart because I've watched you two over that time, you know, it may not be there, you know, face to face like it was while I was still in and we all work together. Uh, but to see the maturation and the growth, uh, that that's huge to me. You know, I love it. And what 2017 uh, has has taught me what what I've taken from 2017 from a personal perspective is. Uh, it's OK to own and understand your emotions as a man. My family's dealing with some, you know, some pretty, pretty heavy shit right now. And, uh, you know, you know, you two are um, knowledgeable about what's going on. And, you know, there's no amount of strength that I can have in me as a man um, that can help me deal with what's happening. Um, 2017 is, has made me realize that things are bigger than me. Um, I can only control what I can. I can adjust and learn about myself and learn about the life that's going on around me and make the most of every single damn day that I have with my loved ones because life changes and it can change at, a, at the drop of a dime. And, um, uh, you know, I'm I'm realizing that I'm stronger than I thought it was. And um, I have the strength to get my family through what we're dealing with. You know, you know, this 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 thing that, that, that we're dealing with, you know, I'm not going to go into details about it. Like I said, you guys know uh, everybody has something. I, I don't want to make this, you know, this about me. What was me? What was my family? Everybody has some shit that's going on in their life. And that's what I'll call it. I'll call it some shit. Um, so my situation is no more unique than, than, than the person next door to me. Um, but how we all deal with it speaks volumes about who we are. You know, in some cases, people run away from it, but there's no way I was going to run away from this, you know. Uh, but it's life, man. It's life. Everybody's got some shit that they got to deal with. So I'm not going to, uh, you know, stay in the, in the, in the, the dumps about it. But what it's taught me, it's, it's taught me to look at myself first and analyze myself and what I can do to be a better person uh, for those that that I love and the ones that love me. You know, I, I try to be I want to be the example for my kids. I want to be the example for my spouse. I want to be the example for my brothers, you know, and being the oldest, the oldest one of our group. Uh, I try. I've always tried to be. That true and honest example. I, I won't say that I try to be the right example because I'm not perfect, but I want to be the true and honest example for my kids, especially so that they get a, a, a realization of how life is. You know, I want to be a true example, uh, a real example for the two of you, you know, when when you deal with what you have to deal with in your professional career, having walked those same um the same walk that you guys are walking now. 
when you have to deal with things in your relationship. Uh, I've probably already gone through that stuff, you know, so if I can help you navigate any of those pitfalls that, that may be in, ahead of you, that's what I've always tried to do. So uh, I'm looking forward to 2018 and what else I can realize about myself, what I what else I can do as I move forward. So, you know, that that's the long and short of 2017 for me. Hey, uh, can I say something? Oh, go ahead. Of course. You- I just want to let you know, Peter, you've done a, a phenomenal job of uh, being being that example. Um, you're one of the people that I hold in the highest regard, highest regard, man. Um, you've been more than a friend to me, brother, um, teacher, everything. And I just wanted to say thank you for being that for, for many of us, not just me. I'm sure CEO will feel the same way. Um, all of us, all of us. I I wouldn't be, I wouldn't be where I am right now having this conference with y'all two right now. Hadn't I had the leadership and guidance that you've given me, I wouldn't be the leader that I'm aspiring to be if I hadn't been, you know, underneath your tutelage for those years when I was just now learning a new job and truly understanding what it was I wanted out of the Air Force. So just like Gandhi said, just like all of our other brothers say, we hold you in, in, in the highest of regard, you know, and this whole this whole thing, CO and the doctor, I just want my the listeners to know every week I'm learning something from this man while we talk and before we talk. So this is not just just him impart knowledge on you. You know, he he imparts knowledge on me daily. And when we do this, when we're having this real conversation, it happens at that moment too. So we just want you to know that that this is real. None of this is made up. You know, we talk like 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 men. We talk like brothers. And the doctor or Stu, he is not not afraid to put you in check or in your place when he finds that someone he cares cares about is is going astray so i appreciate that i appreciate your comment um Dwayne. so as we come as we come to the close right now um uh, we just kind of want to give you a little information so first off let us all say uh happy holidays to all the listeners with that said we're gonna take take off next week you know everybody has christmas and everything like that coming up and then we're gonna come back in two weeks and uh start our show fresh for the new year um, also, before we leave, I want to shout out one Miss Erica Crosley for uh, building our our site. Again, that site is www.coandthedoctor.blogspot.com. Um, we kind of want to feed all of our all of our comments and, and traffic towards that area, so that we have one convenient spot to get all the information back that you're requesting. Um, definitely want to shout out my guy Dwayne Gandy. Thanks for coming on, bro. Much this love, was, man. Much love, real. man. Uh, Thanks for having me. Thanks for the opportunity. Man, it's amazing talk. Amazing talk. Um, you also want to just let everybody know. Remember, we're on IG, Twitter, um, Facebook, all under the same tag, CEO and the doctor. Uh, one thing I want to leave with um, for all the listeners is what we've been talking about in this in this month, and I can't believe it's been a month already. We're four shows in. But honestly, if you could sum up a little bit of all of our talks, you know, one thing that we've we've kind of focused on, maybe we haven't said it this way, but know yourself, understand yourself, and continue to grow yourself. And I think these conversations that we have weekly will will continue to help you in that. Because every week, you know, I'm learning something new about myself. I'm continuing to grow myself. Because if you get to that place where you think you know it all, that's when you stagnate. And that's when the dominoes start to fall. So until you take your last breath, you should always be trying to strive for more. You know, whether that whether that goal is to have a better life for you for you and your family, whether that goal is to have, you know, whatever success, whatever success you define, whatever it is, just continue to grow yourself. And lastly, you know what I'm saying? Like we always say, let conversation influence you. When things bother you, don't be afraid to talk about them. When you see things around you and you know, you know, there's a the hostile environment almost because you're like, I feel like this person is that. And that person may feel like you're this. Have the damn conversation. Have the so conversation. Simple. It's easy. So simple to talk. It's easy. You know, so that's my closing remarks. Fellas, you want to say anything before we get out of here? Uh, be blessed. Be blessed. Everybody be blessed. And, and for uh, me, I'll go ahead. I'm, my bad. Sorry. Nothing. I was just going to say, be thankful thankful for what you have and who you have. Definitely. Definitely. 
definitely. Uh, for me, uh, my little tidbit for everybody is look at each day as an opportunity to be a better version of yourself. Every day should afford you the opportunity to reflect, to look outward, to love differently, to love better. Each day affords you an opportunity to be a better version of yourself than you were the day before. That's 100, man. So with that said, uh, like we said, you guys have a happy holiday. We'll see you in two weeks. Uh, This has been CO and the Doctor. We'd like to thank Dwayne Gandy again. Um, To all our listeners, please remember, listen, like, share, and let conversation influence you. We out.